Well, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as the Remnant News. I'm excited for today. It is Saturday, the 30th of January, 2021, and I think we have a great show in store for you today as we go through some things. It's a little bit different today. Usually I go, I run down all the news and the latest information that we have, and I will do some of that, but I wanted to also share with you because I've been telling you this for a while if you've been watching the live streams and um, you know some of us have just kind of got connected recently other others of us have been walking together for a while and we are calling this the remnant army or the remnant warriors the 300 of Gideon Um, and it's exciting we're going to get into that 300 a little bit more because the Lord's been talking to me a lot about this but I wanted to talk about a friend and somebody who I look up to he's a man of God a man of integrity and somebody I've known for a while his name is Mario Murillo And you may know him. He is a great writer who actually writes on mariomurillo.org, a a blog. And he he and I have been tracking for a long time. You know, we really uh, look at things very similar. And he wrote a great uh, op-ed today, which I want to share with you because I think it's really good. He says, shake up all the distraction and division. God wants to give us our nation back. Hallelujah. So I wanted to just read his article because for those of you that have been listening for the last couple of days, you will see how this really uh, coincides with what I've been saying. And Mario and I haven't been talking. We just text, I think, uh, a few few days back, but we haven't talked in a, in a little while. And so this is just him saying this, which agrees with everything we've been talking about. And I thought it was worth talking about. And then I also want to read something from Dutch Sheets, another man who I believe is hearing from the Lord. You may have heard some of his uh, you know, podcasts recently or some things that he's been talking about online. But uh, I think it's also worth mentioning Dutch Sheets. So Let me read you this um, amazing article from Mario. He says, we can all find someone to blame. We can blame prophets. We can blame doubters. But as long as we are blaming, we are unable to take our nation back. We must shake off all the distraction and the division. God wants to give us our nation back. The enemy has invaded. This is not the time to turn on each other. Look to God again. Listen to the stirring of the Holy Spirit. The strategies and tactics for regaining America are being released from heaven to a special core who will shake off the battle fatigue of Satan. Does that sound familiar? I think that's us, the 300, right? He said, I feel it's urgent to tell you how I prepare uh, for a tent meeting and how that is the model for getting the church back on the offensive in America. And then he, he quotes Sun Tzu, which I love Sun Tzu. Uh, He wrote The Art of War. He says, Sun Tzu said, warriors of old placed themselves behind the possibility of defeat and then waited for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. That's what I do spiritually. Can I get you away from the news for a moment? Can I get you to understand the secret for getting back on the attack regardless of who you are before I walk into a tent? Now, before I get into this a little bit more, he's been doing tent meetings, Mario, uh, you know, several different tent meetings in California and other places. So that's just a little background here. He just did one, actually. He said, before I walk into a tent, I see those people already healed. I see the drug addicts already delivered. I have already won the war alone with God. That is why everyone that knows me knows that they have, um, you know, they, they have to jealously guard my afternoon because I cannot be with anything but Christ. I cannot be with anyone but Christ. And Christ has to defeat me. And if he defeats me and my flesh, then he will defeat the powers of darkness. That is so critical, crucial, and important about what I want to talk about today. He says, besides hope, we need fire. Amen. And fire will burn out indecision. It will burn out confusion. It will allow you to put the controversy about who failed and who did what on the shelf 
and then resume the urgent act of praying. Lord, the nation is in serious trouble. You've called me. You've trained me. You've raised me up for a specific purpose, and I cannot be distracted by all of that. Amen. He says, one important thing that everyone can take away from what I do to get ready for a tech crusade is that I don't let the outward vision be what I see. Can you imagine standing in front of a tent of wheelchairs and people on crutches and some of the most absolutely suffering uh, suffering of humanity that you will ever see? He says, I don't see them that way. I cannot walk in there with my own eyes. And likewise, you can't go to your job. You can't turn on the TV. You can't do anything like that. And that's why I have a phrase that I live by. The end times are not happening to me. I am happening to the end times. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, and so suddenly God will make you a catalyst. A catalyst is an element that changes everything around it without itself undergoing a change. The gospel is the message of God that most are interested in. That's right. He says, I think to myself, here's what God told me to tell America. But once you know what that uh, what you are saying is what God told you to tell America. You have the right to believe that the dead will be raised, the uh, addict will be delivered, the churches will be unified, and you become unstoppable. This is the secret sauce, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to know what it is, people say, Todd, what is it that, that how do you stay positive? How do you stay uh, on fire for the Lord? This, Mario is breaking it down right here. This is it right here. This is how we do it. We got to stay on fire for Jesus, the pulpit that I yearn for, for every one of my brothers and sisters right now, is that that same belief that I have for the fire, I have the message that God gave me for America and nothing will be able to stop you. Here's the point I want to make. He said, Dorcas was dead and sometimes we need faith to come um, at us from a completely new direction. Dorcas was dead and the people around her dead body said, this is not right. This is not right. And they found out that Peter, the great apostle, was in Joppa. They didn't bring him there for a wake they didn't bring him there for a, uh, you know, a little meeting about Dor Dorcas's life. They literally said, bring him here to raise her from the dead. That's the level of submission to the spirit and power in the book of Acts that we can't hardly relate to. We should, though. It's not about right or wrong, Abraham Lincoln said. Right makes right. Right makes might. Excuse me. Right makes might. Yes. So here's what God is telling us. This is important. Listen in now. He says, we are not supposed to let Biden teach our children. We are not supposed to let Kamala Harris dominate our lives. That isn't America. He says, I can no more imagine an, uh, an atheistic America than I can imagine, imagine an atheistic Israel. America is also the land with covenants, wells, deep spiritual history. And folks, God is rolling up his sleeves. He is fiercely in love with that America. A group of people that cross an ocean on pieces of wood that you and I wouldn't dare imagine stepping on in order to have freedom to worship Christ. And they carved a nation out in the wilderness, and that spirit has to get back in us. God is with us. God is on us. I don't know what we're going to do, but God's going to give us a plan. God's going to give us money. God's going to give us the gifts and the power and the influence and the open door. And no atheist spirit, no perverted spirit can stand before the body of Christ when she shakes herself from her division and confusion and her lack of memory. The second weapon David used on the giant was the sling. The first weapon was his memory of what God had done in the past. He looked at Saul and said, you want to know what that nine and a half foot tall man is going to die? He said, excuse me, I'm messing up here now. He said, you want to know why that nine and a half foot man is going to die? He says, it's because your servant killed a lion and a bear. Amen. Amen. Yes. 
The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Church, we have been here before, and we are going to win again by the power of God. God needs to turn on the fire and stir that fire in our souls once again. I had to read that to you because I know, just like me, you're probably jumping up and down right now and on fire because that's what that is. That message is fire. That's what we need, America. Instead of us being you know, defeated and depressed and, and, and really just feeling like we have no hope, we need to roll up our sleeves and remember who is the God that we serve. He's the one who sits on the throne of glory. And listen, this is the God that's performed miracle after miracle, not only in my life, but I've seen it in the ministry for, for years now. And that's what gets me going every day. When I face a major defeat, or at least it looks like a defeat in the natural, I remember my identity in Christ, and I remember what he's done for my life, and I get up and I keep going. And guess what? He takes me from glory to glory, and that's what he's going to do in the, in the United States of America, where it looks very hopeless right now, and everybody wants an answer, and everybody wants a secret antidote or a secret information. And I will get into some things in a, in a couple of minutes, but I'll tell you, I don't have anything secret because I don't know what God's going to do. But what I do know is that he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty we are not done our nation is not done there's a praying church and just that alone should give you a peace that passes understanding today knowing that there's a righteous remnant and a gideon's army of 300 that are willing to stand and push back and i believe god is going to give us our nation back hallelujah all right now i want to read dutch sheets appeal because i think this goes perfectly Right in line with what Mario just said. Okay, you got your seatbelts on? Are they fastened? Here we go. Operation Redeem All. Give him 15. Appeal to heaven by Dutch Sheets and Greg Hood. This is what Dutch said. He said, yesterday we spoke of the exposing and judgment of iniquity in the earth. Today we will look at the next portion of God's plan on January 21st, 2021, the day after Inauguration Day. My friend Greg Hood received the following dream. Now listen to this dream. Six members of the prayer team, Dutch... Uh, worked with during the election battle were sitting at a high top cedar table on the deck by a lake and there were six empty seats remaining and on the table was a large map of washington dc rolled out over a map of the united states and remember this is a dream he says we were discussing the process of prayer journey that we were on along with the team and had been for the past two and a half much months Dutch has been leading uh, tremendous prayers with the many intercessors that we've been having on the global prayer calls. Many of you have turned, tuned into those. There's been many of them. Uh, thank you to Pastor Jim Garlow and Mario who've been putting those together, not Mario Murillo, uh, but another gentleman named Mario. And so Dutch said, I have been uh, obedient, and this is in the dream, I've been obedient to do what we've been commanded by the Lord, and I know we've been successful. He's been doing something called an appeal to heaven. This is important when you think about this. Back to the dream. He said, I then pointed out to Dutch that the map on top, the map of Washington, D.C., had a huge tear down the middle. The tear was jagged, like an old map would look uh, after being torn. And though this was not noticeable unless you look closely. So Dutch said, well, we should fuse this map back together. Suddenly, we realized someone was approaching us from behind. We turned and looked and saw William Penn, Billy Graham, F.F. Bosworth, George Washington, dressed in his colonial, uh, excuse me, continental army uniform, not his presidential attire, Abraham Lincoln, and Jesus. Each of them took a seat at our table. Jesus then spoke very calmly and said, George, Jesus spoke his name. George Washington began speaking to us. 
Good job. The Ecclesia has completed phase one. Operation Expose All went well, and we have achieved our goal. Again, Jesus spoke very calmly and said, Billy, when uh, Jesus called his name, Billy, Ga- Billy Graham began speaking to us. He said, guys, now it's time for phase two to go into full swing. We are here to activate Operation Redeem All. Billy Graham went on to say, ready yourselves and the Ecclesia. Days of great victory are ahead of you. These are the days of victory. Will be, and they will be met with much resistance from darkness. Very true. He says, as you release the light, however, America will transform and be reestablished right before your very eyes. The conversation continued as Jesus then looked at us and said, I have something for you. He then gave us a gift, a gold ring like no other I'd ever seen. The gold was so pure as if it had been, you know, almost could, you could see through it. And the ring had a, a key etched in it along with the words, King of Kings... And, and Kingsman Redeemer, Jesus said. And then he said, wear this ring and all that you put this ring upon will be impacted with the weight of the kingdom. Jesus then gave us an old wooden gavel that had Revelation 19, 11 through 12 inscribed in it. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire in his head on his head were many crowns. He had the name written that no one knew except himself. Revelation 19, 11 through 12. When Dutch took the old gavel into his hand and it became very heavy, the weight of it seemed impossible to handle. Dutch said, this gavel is too heavy. I can't lift it. How will we ever use this? Jesus then said, you have to talk to it. It knows our dialect. When Dutch began to speak in heavenly language, the gavel became light and easy to weld. Jesus said, have we reached a place of agreement? Are we all in agreement with the release of Operation Redeem All? He began calling the name of each one present from the cloud of witnesses. Each gave their yes to the assignment. He then looked at the remainder of us sitting around the table, those still living today, and he said, what about you six? What's your answer? Your vote is needed to complete this council's assignment. We all answered a resounding yes. Dutch then slammed the old gavel on the table and said, The council's assignment has been approved and carried. Operation Redeem All has been activated and set into motion. All from the cloud of wit- all of the cloud of witnesses smiled and stood up and left, patting us on the shoulder as they did so. Jesus said to us, I am with you. I believe in you. I am staying with you to watch you finish this. He then said, Look at your map. When we did so, it no longer had a, tor- a tear in it. It had been healed so perfectly, it looked as if it had never had a tear at all. End of the dream. Now, this amazing dream is full of rich symbolism. The connection to our past, both nationally and spiritually, a covenant in the form of William Penn. America's birth, George Washington. The nation divided, pictured by the tear through Washington, D.C. The survival of the torn nation, Abraham Lincoln. Evangelism, Billy Graham. And the signs and wonders, F.F. Bosworth. I encourage you to spend some time thinking and processing the dream yourself. It's rich with meaning. He says, but I want to specifically point out a few things. Holy, the Holy Spirit refers to phrases regarding uh, what he has been doing through our prayers. And then he explains. He says, Operation Expose All and Operation Redeem All. By referring to phase one as exposing all, Holy Spirit is not saying that all the corruption in America has now been exposed and removed. He's saying that all was needed for him to accomplish his purpose in the past two and a half months has been accomplished. 
I also believe that this includes what is being investigated and will still come to light. He says, count on it. The Holy Spirit references a new phase, a phase of redemption. This is an amazing promise. I believe it refers to the redemption we have been asking for, the healing of our land, the restoration of our original purpose, and a third great awakening. And that's next, he says, on his agenda, America shall be saved. We must begin to decree this in all of our prayers. In the dream, Jesus gave uh, his his significant ring, this, this beautiful ring, representing weighty kingdom authority. He also gave us the gavel, symbolizing judicial authority to bind and loose as picturing justice. Christ's ecclesia is now going to a higher level of functioning in his weighty authority. When a king's signet ring was stamped on the document, it then became the irrefutable law of the land. Christ is reemphasizing to us our authority to enforce his kingdom will on earth. And as we hear and declare heaven's words, the gavel of the Ancient of Days will fall. The king needs our agreement. He cannot do this without us. In the dream, Jesus said, we have a vote and we must choose to align ourselves with his will and his desires. He has re, uh, rebirthed that appeal. So we need to use it. Be bold in your efforts, in your prayers. Be strong in faith and steadfast. Okay. Uh, do not grow weary in doing what you know is right. Don't allow hope deferred to stop you from praying for America and the nations of the world. Christ's agenda will be accomplished and you are an important part. And then he, re he re uh, recites the scripture. He says he will come from Zion uh, as a kingsman and uh, a redeemer and those who repent of their rebellion. Yes, Zion will be redeemed with justice, says Yahweh. And that's Isaiah 59, 20. A prayer you can pray. Let's pray this now. He says, thank you, Father, for what you have done in this nation. Your birthing of a covenant people who will submit to you your decision to honor us with a holy calling of trumpeting the good news of your kingdom to the ends of the earth and the uh, incredible blessing you have given the nation as we partner with you. Uh, we are very grateful. We thank you for uncovering truth. You continue uh, to do this in our land, we continue to ask you for grace and mercy to all who will receive from you through repentance and faith. Very important. Uh, and we thank you for the redeeming phase we are now coming into. We believe that this will, this is what we cast our vote for, and we will get it. We join ourselves with the great cloud of witnesses and believe you for the synergy of ages. We ask for this. We believe the appeal still works, and we boldly release it. We accept our responsibility and will wear our signet ring. Uh, we, we will take the gavel of your holy reverence and sobriety. Give us your words and we will speak them, releasing your justice on the earth. We know that this is your plan. This is the partnership with your church. And we pledge to you, we will honor and fulfill it. We love you very much. And we ask and pray these things in the name of Jesus. And then he says a decree. We decree that Operation Redeem all is now officially underway. I know that took a while to read. But again... Are you jumping up and down? <laughs> are you are you excited and on fire for Jesus right now? Are you understanding a little bit more about what's happening? Friends, I'll tell you, I spent a little time on my knees today, and I was repenting of some things that I think we all, look, I may sound like I have it all together, and I know a lot of us preachers and people, you know, sometimes we say all these things that sound so holy, and uh, but at the same time, I want you to know I'm a man. I, I have to repent before the Lord. My heart sometimes gets weary. I sometimes... Uh, have all kinds of different things, fear, different things, doubt that try to come upon me, and I cast them down. Spirit of depression, oppression, we cast those things down because we know they're spiritual 
afflictions. We know that that's not who we are in Jesus Christ. And so we got to get up, like I said earlier, roll up our sleeves and move forward. Now, I want to talk about our decree on this show. Those that listen, you know it's about Gideon and the 300 because it's a very, very important vision uh, that the Lord gave me. It wasn't wasn't an actual vision where I saw something, but I felt it come in my spirit as I was praying last weekend and seeking the Lord as to what we were going to do going forward because I know many people listen to this show hoping that there's going to be some new information. And I want to tell you this, okay, a little bit about me. People say, what were you doing all these last months? What were you doing? So I, I uh, was connected with the, the three people that ran the Trump faith team. I can give you their names, but I'm not going to do that today. But I, uh, I was kind of going back and forth with all three of them. All of them are awesome people. And they were running uh, the campaign for the faith-based team. And, um, you know, we, we, we spoke many different times. I remember one distinct conversation when I was driving through uh, basically wheat fields in uh, Wisconsin, and I was talking to the person running the Trump faith campaign, which was one of the main people running the Trump campaign. And originally, you know, I knew that I was meant to do something with the team, but I also knew that it probably wasn't going to be me being officially working at the Trump team because then I would be, you know, an employee of the team or I would be actually part of the team. I felt like I was to work alongside of the team and their efforts, but I still had a unique position as a pastor and minister of the gospel to do different things that maybe some of the people working for the campaign couldn't do, like go to different churches and speak at different places. And again, I'm, you know, I'm working on behalf of the Lord, not on behalf of the campaign. But I will tell you that all the different places that we went over the course of the last many months in the last year, I saw God moving, ladies and gentlemen. I saw him preparing the way for a great awakening in America. I saw God really, really getting this nation ready. It's something I've never seen in all the years of ministry. I've been an evangelist. I've gone to different places. I've been a pastor. I've never seen the people more hungry, more ready for a move of God, the name of Jesus, being boldly proclaimed at political rallies. This, was, this wasn't even church services. And I know many, many can ask the question, Todd, were you paid by the Trump campaign? No, I was not. In fact, one of the things that we decided was that we were going to raise our own money and that has been a challenge because we traveled a lot. We went all over the place and we had to raise our own money. And the Trump campaign never gave me a dime, just so you know, never gave me a dime. I wasn't fighting for Trump. I was fighting for our nation. I was fighting for freedom. I was fighting for our constitution. I was fighting for my family and my future family. And I was fighting for, for you know, to save our country from tyranny, to save our country from going down the wrong path because I, I, I care about religious liberty and freedom. I care about uh, us being able to, to be able to meet freely and worship Jesus freely and, and not be under oppression. I've, I've spoke to many people over the years that came from countries where there was dictators and communist governments, and we have seen an encroachment here in our nation. And we, we saw that we were at a very important precipice moment. In fact, I wrote a book called The Great Reprieve, uh, which you can find on Amazon. It's still on there today. And, and, and that was what the book was about. What is America going to do? Are we going to repent and are we going to turn back to God? Or are we going to go into tyranny and into communism and into oppression and maybe in a judgment? Because that's what that would be. And I believe we're still at a moment of decision. Even though the election is over, I believe God is really looking to exactly what Dutch was saying, the ecclesia. He's looking to us. Are we willing to raise that heavy gavel? Are we willing to look through the eyes of faith, which is the evidence of things not seen? And even though things look abysmal in 
natural, you know, as we look at our country and we're like, what in the world is going on? God has spoke through men of God and, and, and has given people like you and me visions and, and direction in our prayer time where he's saying, I'm not done. I'm not done with America. There's going to be a great spiritual awakening awakening in this nation. You're going to see it. You're going to live through it. But are you ready for where you're going to go? And I'm going to go back to Mario. In 2016, Mario had come on my radio program. We were talking a lot at that point. Uh, it was a different period of time in, in the ministry for both of us. And uh, I was asking Mario questions. And he said to me, he said, Todd, are you prepared to where God wants to take you? Because I don't know if you're prepared yet. Are you ready? And that message just continued to resonate inside me. I said, what does he mean? Am I ready? What does he mean? And he says, because we're going to be going into a great revival and a great awakening in America. And, and Mario asked me that, and I thought about it over and over again. I just thought about it. I said, what is he saying? Am I ready? I'm a pastor. I went to Bible school. I've been pastoring for, you know, 16, 17 years. What is he talking about? Am I ready? You know, and my pride started to well up. And then God broke me. He said, no, what I'm trying to say is, are you willing to walk in humility? Are you willing to walk in the full anointing to lay down your pride, to lay down your flesh, to repent of your sin and unrighteousness and to really go into almost like, um, you know, being completely set apart like a Nazarite because where we're going, the demonic that we're fighting, the level of warfare for our nation, we need to be ready and we need to be prayed up and we need to be in the full armor of God. I know I'm preaching to somebody out there. This is such an important message today. This may be one of the most important podcasts I've ever done. See, I knew the Holy Spirit was going to speak today. I knew the anointing of God was going to come and I believe it's here right now. This is so crucial, critical, and important for the church to hear this message. We're so focused on the natural. We forget about the spiritual. We forget about the authority that we have. And Dutch really brought it together in that message. That's why I wanted to read it. He really brought it together. The Lord is preparing us, but are we ready for where we're about to go? That means are we consecrated? Are we willing to walk in holiness? Are we willing to, to go back to preaching holiness? Because the church in America is being readied. We're going through the refiner's fire. We're going to come out in a, in a new way, a new wineskin, where God is going to move in miracles, signs, and wonders in America, in the United States. And we're going to see what was meant for evil to, to completely turn around for good. People are going to be shocked and amazed. And all these people that are pointing the fingers right now and saying the prophets missed it and blah, 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 blah. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm not trying to be mean. But you have to understand when the prophets of the ancient times in the, in the, in the Old Testament, when they gave a word, it didn't always happen right away, folks. It didn't always happen right away. We're, we're used to a microwave gospel. We're used to things happening right away. And so we're looking in the natural and we're saying, you were wrong. And we're pointing fingers. But we don't understand God is still preparing to move and he's going to move in such a way that it's going to shock the nation and the world and people are going to come to repentance and they're going to come to relationship with Jesus. There's going to be dancing in the street. I'm telling you right now, he's preparing us, but we need to be ready and we need to understand the assignment that he's given us. This is an assignment to be a consecrated church that's preaching holiness and purity and righteousness, that's willing to stand for the full gospel of Jesus, that's willing to get rid of the last areas of sin that we have not wanted to get rid of in our lives. We need to repent, church, all of us. Are we ready for where he's about to take us? If you're listening to this broadcast, you have been chosen from the Lord. This is not a coincidence that you're listening to this broadcast. You are the 300. And I'm going to read about the 300 before we get ready to end this broadcast today. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of God right now. I feel the presence of God. 
We've talked a lot about Gideon. I read a little bit about this, but I'm going to read this because I think this is so critical, and this is what we're going to close with today. The account of Gideon's life recorded, it was recorded in Judges 6, 11 through 8, 32. And the backdrop for Gideon's biography begins when the Israelites had been ravaged by the Midianites as a consequence of their disobedience to God. Listen to this. For seven years, they faced invasions from the Midianites, from the Amalekites, and eastern foreigners who ruled their crops and destroyed their cattle. Although they had been unfaithful to God, this is extremely important. Listen to this. Although they had been unfaithful to God by worshiping the gods of the Amorites, they cried out to God for his help when realizing that this was happening to them. This is in Judges 6.6. And so God sends them a prophet to remind them of how the one true God had provided for them in the past and yet how quickly they had forsaken him. Now, this is critical that we all pay attention right now. If you haven't heard anything else that I say today, listen to this because this is so critical, crucial, and important. God hears their cries and graciously intervenes by sending an angel to Gideon to call him into service. Gideon, whose name means cutter or cutter of trees, belonged to an undistinguished family. Uh, he wasn't like, you know, some, some big special guy. But the angel's greeting, we can assume that Gideon had already proved to be a mighty warrior. Though Gideon was a willing servant of God, he needed assurance that it was in fact God calling him to this divine service. Do you need that today? I think you're hearing it today. I think you're getting that today. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, you're getting that that assignment from God right now where he's downloading the operation to you, the understanding of why we are where we are. People have asked me, why, Todd? Why has this been allowed? Why has this injustice happened in our nation? Why has this been allowed? Listen to this very carefully. In accomplishing the mission set before him by God, Gideon proves himself to be what? A faithful, mighty warrior, a strong leader of men, a diplomat. As such, he is included in a fitting testimonial for the great men of faith in Hebrews. Gideon was the fifth judge and renowned the greatest of Israel. The highlights of Gideon's life include his victorious battle against Israel's enemies. However, we mustn't overlook his amazing faith by which he carried out God's mission. Are we going to carry out God's mission? Are we ready to carry out God's mission? We, we read about it a few minutes ago. And which was put to the test, but confirmed when he destroyed the Baal Idols, his father and the community had been worshiping. This is what we need to do right now. We need to destroy the, the, the praise and worship that has been given up to Baal. Not, not just from the American people, but from the church, ladies and gentlemen. This is a turning moment. This is a precipice moment. This is it. Here we are. It was no small feat that Gideon managed to enlist his tribemen. And they went into battle with him. And these were the men whose idols had been destroyed. And who they were renamed. Jerubabal. Before entering the battle, Gideon's troops number 32,000. But in obedience to God, listen to this, in obedience to God, he reduces them to 22,000. Again, in obedience to God, he decreases the remaining 10,000 by a further 9,700, leaving with him just 300 men. And by the way, there's 300 men and women in our group. Okay, There's more than that, but I believe that we are the 300. You know what I mean? We're these people. This was against an enemy that he describes thick as locusts, with camel as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore. 
With the battle finally won, the people suggest that Gideon rule over them as their king, but he declines their accolades and tells them the Lord will rule over them. Now, this is important. Here's the message. Gideon had proved his faithfulness to God and his obedience had required him to take a stand. Sometimes even it's against your own father. That's what he had to do against his own father and tribe. And although he feared his own people from the three, uh, three requests he made for the Lord's confirmation of his will, it is evident he feared God much more. This is so crucial and important because people are pointing the fingers at us right now saying we're crazy. Do we fear them? Or do we fear God? What is God telling you to do right now? What is he telling you to do? In the battle, he took on for greater odds than were realistic to mere mortals. This is what we're doing right now. When the Israelites wanted to honor him as their king for triumphing over their enemies and restoring Israel's pride, Gideon, recognizing God as the real victor in the battle, declines their prayer, their request, wasn't a prayer request, their request, and affords the rightful sovereignty to God. This was a great test of Gideon's faithfulness when he could have so easily succumbed to the pride by accepting the people's honor. And from Gideon's example, we can learn that no matter what is in front of you, how great the odds are, our faithful God can do all things. He will always see us through whenever the battles, whatever battles we face in life, as long as we remain faithful to his calling and obedient to his commands. And then here's the scripture that I love to talk about. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I don't know about you, but once again, I feel like jumping up and down and shouting hallelujah from the rooftop right now. Because now we're starting to understand why things are the way they are. God is in full control, ladies and gentlemen. He understands he's not too late. He hasn't forgotten about us. In fact, we're not defeated. Right now, we are victorious, but we're about to walk into his plan if we are obedient in what he's called us to do, to stand up, to stand for our nation right now, to continue to fight, to not lose hope, to get the fire inside of us. And You know, they used to say something back in the old days, but, you know, get the fire in your bosom, get the fire inside of you, you know? And, and wake up and realize we're about to take this nation back for Jesus. We're going to see a great awakening move of God. I know that it looks grim in the natural, but we're looking in the supernatural and understanding that God is not done. So be encouraged on this Saturday. Share this message to your friends and let them know why we're going through what we are. Because God wants to do something very special. But are we ready? That's the question. Are we ready for where we're about to go? Are we prepared for where we're about to go? Or do we need to repent to get on our faces with our family tonight and realize that we have been off? There's been many areas we've allowed fear to come in. We've listened to voices that we shouldn't have. Instead of listening to the voice of the Lord, we've allowed uh, other people's opinions and shaming and finger pointing to control us, to, to control our thoughts. And we become weak because of that sometimes. And we need to rise up above that and understand that we need to hear the voice of the Lord. The, whose report shall we believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this broadcast today. Again, please share the broadcast. If it's blessed you, uh, please think about possibly helping us in the ministry. Uh, we really always can use additional help. There's many different expenses that we're still paying down from our time this last season, as I had mentioned earlier. Uh, but God is faithful. We continue to press ahead. You can go to toddcoconato.com give. And uh, listen, if you need prayer, if there's anything going on in your life, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can always write me online. And uh, my, my email is todd.coconato. It's this, exactly how you spell my name, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, -O, at rlcus.org. 
and that is the Religious Liberty Coalition, where we're standing uh, for pastors and, and pushing back against uh, ministries, uh, you know, anybody that's been under attack uh, during the coronavirus or for other reasons of religious liberty infringement. We're willing to stand with you. Reach out to me if you are either concerned about being, uh, you know, accused or attacked for standing for religious liberty and freedom or at your church or your business, or if you feel like, you, you know, it's, it would be wise to have some extra protection, call me. Let's talk about this. Or if you're under attack right now, call me. And regardless of whatever it is that you're going through, let me know how we can stand with you. We'll put you on our prayer list and we appreciate you. Thank you for being remnant believers. We love you guys. We bless you in Jesus name and we'll be back Monday.